Hi. Hi. My name's Xavier. I'm Allison, and this is Housewives Theory. Welcome back. Welcome back, BB. We missed you. As always. And for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, or even our returning listeners, we love you both the same. Um, the returning listeners a little more, I guess. Ooh. And... <laughs> Uh, I want you to think of this podcast as a fun and safe space, a place to geek out about all of the weird details of these old Housewives seasons, and really just a place to talk about anything you want. I mean, I want you to picture this podcast as a Friendsgiving. You're at this weird Friendsgiving. The person that you know at this party has left you. You're standing at the punch bowl table. Do people still have punch bowls? Absolutely. I love punch. (laughs) Like notoriously, I love title of episode. I punch. love punch. <laughs> I love punch. I talked about my friends with this recently, actually. That's punch so is funny. still in, darling. Bye. Okay. <laughs> he just said bye. Um, you're standing by a bowl of Xavier approved punch, and you're looking at this person who seems just as bored as you. And you take a chance and you say, "I invited her into my home. I gave her a beverage." <laughs> And that person laughs because they also love The Real Housewives. And you find out, I have another friend at this party. We are the other friend at the party. And we're so happy that you're here. I I think the real question is, is are they drinking punch? <laughs> you're like, I, it's not even about Potomac. It's are they drinking the red dye number 40 punch? It better be red. It better be red, honey. There better be some ample amount of sherbet in the punch. Sherbet? Yeah. We have to talk about punch later. We can't Wait, do what do you put listeners. in yours? I don't drink punch. <laughs> Who drinks punch? Well, I had I had a whole other plan for this. Housewives for us, Housewives theory is not a guilty pleasure, but it's a big bowl of red punch. <laughs> what I was gonna say is for us, Housewives theory is not a guilty pleasure. It is Aunt Francis's fried chicken honey yes and the peach cobbler put the crisco in the jar when you're done (laughs) (laughs) as y'all know allison and i are both writers in los angeles so for us when we talk about these women they are characters we're going to talk about their arcs we're going to talk about their personalities pros and cons and we're going to break down the full tea because for us as writers diving into their psyche and just who they are and how that motivates their friendships and their lives is what's most interesting Amen. Today's episode is, as Allison has famously called it, the lost episode. The lost because episode. it is Real Housewives of DC season one. Did you forget that there was a DC Housewives? Because a lot of us did. The one and only, honey. And this aired from April 5th, 2010 to October 21st, 2010. And we are now both proud owners of a 1999. <laughs> Apple standard definition season of the Real Housewives of DC. Now I'm pissed because I had already owned that. And I, in order to take pictures for the confessionals, had to buy the $24.99 version wow. on Amazon Prime. This is what we do it for, was HD. This is what we do for you guys because we love you. We we're need not, you. We're not here to half step, honey. <laughs> Sheree can't relate to paying these bills. I love that no matter what season, that's true. That's like in the, like the 17 years we've known Sheree Whitfield. <laughs> oh, God, get it together. It was so cool for me, honestly, though, to watch this season because I I think I said in the first episode I've seen every episode for Housewives. I lied, apparently, because I actually hadn't. I'd seen a couple episodes of the season, but I hadn't watched it in its entirety. So this was my first full watch. Same. And it felt like a little slice of history. I 
am so excited to talk to you about this because a lot of the times with these other franchises, for the most part, I've discussed most of the housewives with you at some point in history. We have no idea right now. Absolutely no idea. I can guess, but I don't know. I'm just excited to see what happens. Should we jump in the tagline? Let's do it. Mary, I don't make money. I spend money. Linda, I give people enough rope to hang themselves, and the smart people don't. Stacy, DC is my town, and I thrive in it. Cat, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> wow, pitch perfect. Mikhail, people have a hard time saying no to me, and that's just been my blessing. Wow. <laughs> Taglines. They were weird. They honestly, weird. there isn't like a standout in the bunch. No. <laughs> like there really isn't. Like I don't, who's your favorite tagline? All of these were giving Orange County season two, the editor's just clipping something from one of the housewives saying. I think that's taking credit away from Orange County season two. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly. I, I honestly don't know. There are. It's just... I can tell you which one I was most delighted by as time went on. Okay. And your dramatic reading proved it to be true. There's something about the rasp of her voice when she said... And, the, like, honestly, the absurdity of yes. the tagline. That's like, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. What is that even... Well, Kurt, she was right. She was... <laughs> she certainly was right. It's called a one-season wonder, honey. I think that... I So that one, like, maybe... I didn't really like that one because I felt like the producers, if they were, I don't really know, or the editors, having them record taglines, she was like, I'm not doing that. And so I feel like that was, I'll stop, I'll stop with the voice. But I'm... I will not be able to make it through this episode. <laughs> Sag. Um, but I, Well, for... So... <laughs> It was pure delivery for Kat. Like, the tagline itself, whatever. If we were going on content of tagline, it might be people have a hard time saying no to me and that's just been my blessing. Like, that's cute. I have to give that to uh, not Michaela. Mikhail. Mikhail. <laughs> I'm sorry. Her name is not Mikhail. I pull up her parents. Can someone call Mikhail's parents to confirm her name is Mikhail and not Michaela? I'm sorry. I have nothing. Is that an American name? I don't know about. I have nothing but questions. I have nothing not but questions. Not just the name, but a lot of things. It's just so many things. But I'm going to agree with you that Mikhail's tagline is the best. Yeah. And it's worth noting that Kat is the center of the title card. because the they center also, Salahi, they some might also, say. <laughs> They're holding Salahis, just miniature Tariq Salahis, or is it Tariq or Tarek? Just miniature Tarek Salahis. Oh, yeah. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Don't bring him into the season. People like have weirdly fond memories of DC. Like I have mentioned offhand to a few people, oh, I'm recording an episode on that one season of DC. And everyone's like, oh my God, I forgot about that. It was so great. They need to bring it back. And I'm like, the only thing they remember is the big event of the season that involves the Salahis. So I'm like, you don't remember. You didn't do the work like we did. It was a very, very interesting season interesting is the perfect word yeah i well, well listen let's jump in let's jump in so i can see why it wasn't brought back for like obvious reasons of course like which we will talk about the big thing that happened yes clearly bravo didn't want any association with that by any means so no. i think they just nipped it no but outside of that it, 
the cast never fully came together for mm-hmm. me. There wasn't like a the coherent storyline was like what is happening with the Salahis. Like that yeah. was the present story, but there was maybe a pop of something here and there that was interesting, but I found that it lacked a cohesiveness that was really to the detriment of the show. I think that it was so steeped in like weird 2010 microaggressions. It felt like there was just this lack of friendship across the board. Nobody knew how to act. There was like one person holding everyone together weirdly. I felt like that was Mary, but Mary can be friends with, I don't know, a chair. So that didn't really count as like a friendship to me. You know, there is a Cynthia Bailey quality about her without the substance in terms of the friendships. So yeah, that's it. It was just very, it was an odd season, I guess. Yeah. Should we talk about Mary first? Let's talk about Mary, yeah. Okay, Mary. Okay. You compared her to Cynthia Bailey? And um, yes, also her celebrity look like Stalker Channing. <laughs> I did think that she was really beautiful. Uh, me too. Um, and she, Mary for me, I thought, it's interesting because now that you point out her being the person who's kind of linking everyone, I see the value in that because initially, and this is, you know, very famous for characters such as this to be debated, but I was like, is she, do we need her? No. Although, exactly, I was like, she felt, but yes, yes yes and no, that's the thing. Because I didn't feel like she necessarily added a lot. I, I found myself to be I I enjoyed seeing her with her husband I enjoyed seeing her with her family I appreciated that she would choose Rosa over Rich like you know but like I didn't really ride for her because I found her hard to root for which is a a lot of these ladies unfortunately like I found her hard to root for and you didn't like her integrated hair salon idea (laughs) should we talk about that (laughs) listen there's a way to thrive under our new administration (laughs) In the same way that Mary was not passionate about gay marriage, I was not passionate about Mary. <laughs> wow. That's the thing with the seasons. There were, like you said, there were so many like hot button topics that I just was not interested in revisiting the wrong side of history, quite frankly, with how yeah. people felt about them. And I think that was a reason watching the season was hard. Stuff like the integrated salon, I just like rolled my eyes out. Like you and I get, like we grew up with stuff like that. Yes, so I was just 800 like, Marys. I was exactly. So I was like, oh, whatever, Mary. And then like the gay marriage stuff, I also was like, okay, Mary. What I appreciated with that actually was seeing Lolly on screen talking to her about it and just, do you not agree? No, I'm sorry. Just the name Lolly made me roll oh. my eyes. Yeah. That's not a name, but it's okay. I, it Go was ahead. an interesting choice. And all I kept thinking was, Lolly, 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 let me see you pop that body. Do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> sorry to all the Lollies out there listening right now. I'm so sorry. It's not a name. <laughs> but not. I appreciated her talking with her mother about gay marriage. Yes. And offering, and it just goes to show you too, a lot of times how like with newer generations comes you know, more acceptance and tolerance for things that older generations sometimes do not have because they didn't grow up with it. And it's such a change. But I appreciated Lolly kind of talking her through it and and Mary seeming to, you know, at least absorb the different perspective and accept it a little bit. I think too, just a refresher. Let's just assume everyone's going to need a refresher for DC. I don't think it's been on anybody's, you know. I know that they had like a rewatch in 2020 with some of the cast on Zoom when they were, Bravo was having a Zoom moment. But what we're talking about is um, there was a, one of those classic Washington DC, I'm going to try to say this without any eye rolliness, but you can all hear my eye roll. 
it's a bunch of people sitting in a room talking about an issue that they're having a hot take on. And I would say most of the people in the room didn't have any direct experience or at least weren't trying to be direct allies to this issue, which was the issue of gay marriage. And it really like shook me to my core. I have chills thinking about it, how different life was in 2010. It feels like yesterday, but it's In 2010, it was still people were like, I really don't think that's okay. Or people were saying marriage is between one man and one woman. There was a lot of back and forth. And Mary, who as a character on the show, was very waffly. Like she'll kind of go with whatever the energy of the room is. She's not really going to take any super strong stance. She's very kind in her own way too, just to be clear. I struggle with those personalities though. So I think that's why I struggled with Mary. Because you're like, say something. Stand up for yourself. And, you know, unfortunately, one of the few times she stood up for something and a point of view was her saying, I'm just really not passionate about gay marriage. (laughs) And in 2010, that might not have been a weird thing to say, you know? Now you're like, are you insane? You know, even if you don't support it, which you should, but even if you don't, usually people kind of feel very strongly one way or the other. 2010, you were still kind of allowed to be a waffle. And it wasn't fun to watch. It's interesting because it also depends on where you're at, too. Like, I feel like, you know, you and I both live in L.A., so we have a certain privilege being in this city and not Mm. having to be around it day by day. Yes. But sometimes other, like, it's not that way everywhere still. So some people still probably would watch this now and be like, oh, Mary, like, yes, like, I get that POV. So that's an interesting thing, too. And, you know, you and I both went to school in the city. I went to college in the city. You went to grad school in the city. And we now live in a city, but we did not grow up in a big city like we're in now. Absolutely. And we grew up around a lot of Marys who kind of went in between like, yeah, that is the right thing to do. But, you know, that's not what I'm going to vote or that's not what I'm going to feel. And I'm just going to go with the crowd. And ultimately, the people that it ends up hurting are people who are trying to fight for gay marriage in this particular scene. Yeah. And, you know, because for someone like Mary, I feel like it doesn't impact her. And she said this like directly, like she's like, I don't have anyone in my family, you know, and luckily it was someone like Lolly being like, um, excuse me, all my friends are gay. Like yeah. this does affect you, even if you feel like it doesn't. And in that scene with Lolly and her mom, like Lolly starts the conversation being like, gay people aren't just our hairdressers. And it's again for us right now in this year. We are very, very staunchly for or against. But back then, I had to like really give myself a moment of like give these people grace. It wasn't okay that they felt this way in my opinion. But I felt like people were just different back then. And I felt like that was all encompassing in this season of D.C., Everything was different. Everything was weird. It was like an in-between. It was like a preteen phase for America and for the Housewives as a whole. Yeah, because this filmed in 2009 mostly. Yes. A little bit 2010. So like absolutely that's kind of the in-between. I feel like it's the perfect way to describe that. Um, You know, one thing I will say is one of the more interesting moments this season to me actually was a Mary moment. And it's the moment between her and Tarek. At Oasis. I when I tell you my mouth dropped open. So what had happened was <laughs> is a group of them go out to the vineyard. Um and I say that lightly. Uh, <laughs> a defunct vineyard that apparently had its heyday. In- apparently that Tarek and Tarek's family had owned for many, many years. And now Tarek owns and is attempting to reinstate it to its glory days. Tarek is also the husband of Mikhail. And they're inviting a group out. And this includes Mary and it includes Stacy and her husband, Jason. 
um, cat goes out and another one of their friends whose name I do not remember. And they're stomping grapes and it's a cute old time and there's tensions and there's dramas, which we'll get into a, a little later. But afterwards, they have a dinner. And at this dinner is Mary, Tarek, Mikhail, Stacy, and Jason. And out of nowhere, truly out of nowhere, Tarek is talking about how he had had a car stolen. Do you remember what kind of car it was? I thought for some reason I heard him say golf cart. So because he's such a joke to me, but I don't remember. Maybe a Mercedes. Okay. So Tarek had a car stolen that yeah. had a whole bunch of polo gear in it. And apparently there was an invent. He allegedly, he incited an investigation and Lolly. Mary's oldest daughter's name came up in the investigation. So at this dinner, he basically is accusing Mary's daughter of being involved in this auto theft. And dropped the words, the FBI are on this. And it truly came, when I tell you it came out of nowhere, I was stunned. I like, and I was like, oh, this is why they included all this stuff about Lolly breaking <laughs> into her mother's closet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't realize that till now. I thought it was just to torture us. No. I did not know. No, Look, they I, they were like, they were they were trying to give us some sides, you know? Lolly and Mary are very close because Mary had Lolly when she was only 19. So they're almost like sisters. And I think that Mary also has a sister that's same age. her daughter's age, which is crazy. Which is fascinating. Yes. I was more interested. I was really interested in I'm, that. I was like, show her. Because she was like, it created a boundary issue for me. And I was fascinated by that idea. They're like, very, very sister-like. And so when Tarek dared to go after Mary, who was, you know, a lot of the times the weaker person in the group, the person who you know you can get to cry. You wouldn't say that about a lot of the women. And he went after her. You could tell there was just this deep panic because Mary was probably like, she might have done that. Ex you, I felt that too. Yeah. And, but it's so frustrated me. And this is like a Mary thing that I was like, Mary, I want you to jump across the table. Throw your wine. Yes. Do something. React. And she was just silent. Like, sure, she was probably processing. But it was really Stacy and Jason yes. who were, thank God, someone there to be vocal about like this. Like Jason said, you know, when he looked at Mary being ridiculously silent and he was like, she is ungodly calm right now because if it were me, I'd be across the table. And I was like, that's the energy I need right now because yes. this is wild. I think she probably is not used to standing up for herself. I mean, at the very top of the season, she made it very clear she's a very wealthy woman. She comes from a very wealthy family. And you can tell she's the kind of person who doesn't really need to work. She kind of hangs out all day. I mean, she has like a fingerprint ID, was it, for getting into her closet like we talked about so that her designer clothes would be hidden away from her 23-year-old daughter. Is that how old she was? And she's a very kind of gentle person and... When that happened, when he attacked her daughter, it was kind of like, this was a chance for us to see another side of her character development. A lot of housewives rise to that occasion. Mary did not. And I think that part of it was she's used to other people handling these kinds of messes. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk to the family lawyer. Let's have my dad handle it. Maybe even her husband, Rich, whatever. But in that moment, she crumbled. And I, I don't have a child. I don't know what I would do, but I was disappointed that, like you said, she didn't go across the table. I also do not have a child, and I will tell you that <laughs> I wouldn't, like, I don't know how hard I would go, but I know it would not have been what Mary did. I, I think it would have been more of, like, the Jason and the Stacy route, just, like, calling out just, I don't know, like, at one point, Mikhail even said, we've already seen that 
Lolly's name is attached. So we're just going to wait and see exactly how. And then Stacy interrupts her and says, no, we don't need to wait and see anything. Like that <laughs> is the energy I needed. But also my mother, as I said, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, some were raised by wolves. I was raised by women who acted like wolves, like <laughs> and would come for you if you tried any of us. So that's the energy I wanted for Mary. But Mary simply is not that person. I think also we're forgetting that in 2010, when you say your daughter is attached to a scandal, a person is attached to a scandal. Yes, there's the internet now but the internet back then you could not get the stink off of your name and it was kind of how people defined you now there's a scandal a minute a controversy a minute and yeah there are issues and there's more of a cancel culture now but back then it was like oh how am I going to get my daughter out of this how am I going to get my family out of this and Mary said something in the reunion about going on the show with my five kids was a risk and I think she said something like and it cost us greatly mm-hmm. and That moment was the moment that I was like, I don't know that Mary needs to be a housewife again. We obviously know the fate of this show, so that's not an issue. But uh, yeah, that was kind of a bummer moment for me with Mary. For sure. Should we talk about Stacey? Oh, let's talk about Stacey. Take it away. Stacey is a very kind, but also badass, like real estate agent in the DC area. She seems to have a lot of like very high profile clients. She is married to a man named Jason. Uh, They seem to be like the kind of like best friend, husband, wife couple. Um, They have some very cute kids. And she's the kind of person where it's like, if you get Stacy upset, if you get a rise out of Stacy, you must have done something bad because this woman does not let people ruffle her feathers. And right from the beginning of the season, you realize Stacy's going to be the kind of housewife where she is going to be kind to you. And if you do something to her, that is when she's going to make a decision about you and a judgment about you. Before that, she's going to be your biggest friend, your biggest warrior, your biggest protector. But right off the bat, she does not get along with Miss Cat. <laughs> There is a dinner that Stacy is hosting in her home with like a famous home chef, which that looked amazing. I was like, wow, I want to do that. And they were having like a little sake tasting. And the chef brings up working with Tyra Banks. And every normal person in America would be like, oh my God, Tyra Banks, whether you like them or not. Kat has this visceral reaction <laughs> to the name Tyra Banks. It's the kind of reaction where you're like, should I... Should I get out of this house? Like, it was, like, weird. The thing that happened is her and Naomi Campbell had just had lunch, so she felt (laughs) right. (laughs) Wow. From the archives, bitch. From the archives. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Ooh, Tyra. (laughs) Tyra was everything to me at a certain point. I don't ride or die. Like, I am not really a stan, but she's so part of my DNA. It was weird to see someone hate her so much. But I guess in 2010, she was very much a part of the conversation, and everybody loved her. But... Kat was very upset that someone liked her. She called her a hideous person, which in British words, that means, you know, she's just an annoying person that somebody doesn't like. Of course, everybody there was like, you think that Tyra Banks is hideous? And she was like, no, she's a beautiful woman who's hideous, which did make me laugh. (laughs) But she then goes on to do this weird kind of black scent making fun of Tyra Banks even though nobody's agreeing with her everyone's looking at her like why are you having this weird aggressive reaction it's like when you're out to dinner with somebody or like an older person and they have like weird rage toward a celebrity and you're like I don't really know where this is coming from without any context she didn't offer any context she just kept saying I can't stand her and she wasn't reading the room but I also think for black people mind you yes (laughs) bearing the lead yes (laughs) 
and also a person who really enjoyed working with her and was saying nice things about her, the chef. And he's like, well, I really liked her. And she just keeps going. And then she goes on this whole rant somehow. She's talking. Anytime something awkward happened with Kat, she would bring up her husband and her husband Charles and his pictures and how he's such a talented photographer working for the White House. And she starts talking about Obama and the difference between President Bush and President Obama and talking about how Bush is a better man than Obama. And, you know, that's because he, he had RSVP'd to her wedding. I'm assuming no, but Obama didn't because he was, you know, running the country. And Stacey replies, when she implied Bush was a better man than Obama, I damn near choked on my food. Given that her <laughs> husband works for Obama, I didn't think that was smart. Good point. Great point. And I love that that's what it always goes back to with Stacey. She can back up, with the exception of a few things, she can back up almost everything she says with, well, here's the logical reason why I would say this. Yeah. One thing I did think was iconic is after all of this happens too, the next event that Stacey hosts is to invite all the ladies, including Kat, to Aunt Frances's house for a dinner. So like getting, basically she was like, mm, you maybe don't like black people. Let me put you around my entire family. <laughs> it was iconic and Sink incredible. Swim, yes. And she did it with a smile on her face. My thing with Stacey is I struggle with her. I struggled with her a lot because I, you know, and it's one of those like age old things. I really liked her until I didn't, meaning I enjoyed her. I felt like she was very centered. I felt like she provided great commentary. I, she was a voice of reason, but then, and to the credit of the show too, they found very layered women, like, and I do appreciate that as someone who like appreciates character and whatnot. But then when Stacy was one of the people who was more vocal about not believing in gay marriage. That like her, I was like, oh, I'm getting my feelings hurt. Cool, 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 yeah. cool. <laughs> like, you know, so it was just like, I was really disappointed from, and I had, I had trouble rooting for her after that. And of course, like she might fair, feel very differently about today. I think people should have the space to learn and grow. And I yes. hope, I hope she had that arc. I unfortunately I'm not going to get to see it because she got canceled after one season, but watching it now it did. I, it was tough. I agree with you. So, um, what Xavier's talking about is back in that event we were talking about where everyone was having an open discussion with some kind of policy person in Washington, I don't know, about gay marriage. Um, Stacy and her husband, Jason, made it clear that they believe that marriage should be between a man and a woman. And Stacy repeatedly points back to her church. And her church are the people that remind her that it's only supposed to be a man and a woman. And she kept saying the phrase that was very triggering. I'm sure you felt the same way. We know people have different lifestyles. <laughs> oh my God, death to, the, death to the phrase lifestyles. I was like, oh, And it I, was a bummer. But what I did love about that moment where they met with that man who I also don't remember. Yeah. Uh, is Paul. This season, Paul is basically a friend of. Yes. And he's this like gay black man. Fabulous. And Paul had me gasping for breath whenever Stacey and Jason are trying to explain <laughs> that like marriage is between a man and a woman. And uh, Paul just goes, maybe they're a homophobe. They just don't want to be called it. <laughs> I was just like, and even the look on Jason's face, I was just like, yes, Paul, let them have it. I so, love it. That, look, this is another thing. You said it perfectly. If Stacy and Jason, and let's also say Paul having his iconic moments, got to stay on, I would love to see their evolution on 100%. the show. Because I do believe that Stacy's world might have opened up and she might have seen other points of view. 
and might have changed because she's such a logical person yes. that it got me to a point where I'm like, oh my God, it made me so sad we weren't going to see her again. Because that's what Housewives is about. Housewives yeah. is not meant to be a one season wonder. Right. It is meant to see the best and the worst of these women and how that changes over years and years and years. And that's why I love the show. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would have been curious to see what the evolution of that would have been because I think we could have gotten somewhere. Agree. Um, I, and back to the Aunt Francis event, I loved that because we got to see Stacy's upbringing a little bit. So Stacy uh, mentioned that she was adopted and that when she was, I think, 13, her mom passed away and her aunt would come over to her house and cook her and her dad and her family dinner every Sunday. And that was like so sacred to her. So she invited all of the women to her aunt's house and it was like all of the incredible Southern food that you see in the magazines. Linda, who has who was another housewife this season, who has a background in the South, was so excited. Everyone honestly was so excited. It was like reinvigorating. And for a place like DC, which seems very much about your status and who you are and where you live, it must have been such a relief to be able to be in Aunt Frances's house and just like eat freaking peach cobbler and just be kind to each other, you know? 100%. And I feel like Paul said it, Paul, well, actually Aunt Frances said it best when Paul was like, I feel like I'm at home. And she said, you are at home. Oh my God. I was like, I want to go over to Aunt Frances' house and have fried chicken. Same. Like I I need it actually. And that also was another sad thing because I'm like, I would have loved to see that storyline in season two and more of that. And during that dinner as well, she revealed that she's, like I said, adopted. She never really got to know her birth mother. She did eventually find her and found out a lot about her past. And that became a storyline this season. And it was one of the more interesting stories of the season, I got to say. Yes. I choked up a couple times. It was hard for me to have a lot of emotion with these women, but there was something so genuine. And I really didn't feel like it was for the camera most of the time. This whole storyline of Stacey trying to find her father. Mm -hmm. So like we said, she found her birth mother. Her birth mother revealed that this was like a movie, by the way. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) get on this lifetime. I'm sure it is. Oh my God. Honestly. But Stacy's birth mother was in the Peace Corps and met a man from Nigeria and they had a relationship. She became pregnant. She had a baby, but did not tell her father that she got pregnant. And it was a scandal back then for her to have been with a black man. And so she just got rid of the problem, aka Stacy, and put her up for adoption. And there are a lot of things that could have happened where she wouldn't have been able to bring Stacy home. Maybe her life would have 100% completely changed. So there's no judgment, you know, on the biological mother's part. But the judgment does come where she was like, I am still in contact with your biological father and I'm not going to give you his name. So Stacy and her husband Jason are on the hunt for her father. They are literally like the the investigative work. These people, I'm like, when, oh my God. When Jason said, I think we should Facebook message the biological brother. Yes. I was like, oh my goodness. Stacy also finds out that her biological mother is Caucasian. And my favorite part is her telling that to her friends. And they were like, really? <laughs> my favorite part was you just saying Caucasian. <laughs> The caucasity, um, <laughs> as you say. Uh, but it, it was just um, insane to me that he said to do that because... Oh, my gosh. I was I was literally like, oh, we're playing hardball. Oh, my God. No one's <laughs> messing around here. I was going to say, and I couldn't fault anyone. Like, no. I, it, it was a very, like, layered and convoluted and difficult situation. But I was just like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, this is what we're doing. Jason's thought was to get the answer of who the father is, put pressure on the biological mother and... By going behind her back, messaging 
her son, Stacy's half brother, who she's never met, who doesn't know who she presumably, exists. Yeah, doesn't know anything. And say, hi, I'm your sister that your mother hid from your entire family. I'm it trying me. to find my brother. <laughs> hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yes, I just quoted Taylor Swift. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I'm scared of Swifties. I'm not going to say anything. Um, but That's right. No, just kidding. <laughs> quivering um but uh i did see that online and she also revealed in the reunion that she did end up finding him and i thought that was very touching and online i saw that she brought like a camcorder with her she was gonna have footage for bravo should season two have moved forward that and see that is i am very sad to have not gotten that because i was because i was and i was even thinking like i was like oh my god why isn't potomac going to nigeria like i was just like i want to see that oh my god exactly like wendy set up a trip sis like i want to see it happen get it together but yeah, I mean, another bummer part of that Aunt Frances event was Miss Cat. Should we talk about Miss Cat? Uh, if we must. No, I'm just kidding. We <laughs> sure. have to. Okay. I'm going to say about Cat, if we did not have Cat, I don't know how much story we would have had this season. I, I do not disagree with that. Cat is a housewife with bad behavior in that she will say the rude, explosive thing. And then she will walk away. And my least favorite quality in a housewife, something that we've discussed Tamara Judge having, and maybe let's even say Bethany Frankel, they can dish it, but they cannot take it. And Kat would come in and would say these things and would tease people and poke people and cut straight to the white meat. And then the second somebody said one single thing to her, she would walk away. I'm not going to take this treatment. I'm not going to take this treatment. (laughs) I don't know why that accent gets to you. Somebody's never watched The Crown with me. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. And it was just infuriating because I'm like, if you're really this tough, cool, British, in-your-face woman, stand up for yourself. Kat is, and you know, for those of you who might not remember, it would be shocking if you didn't, but Kat was the British housewife this season. Are we talking about Kat? Like, let's talk let's about, talk about Kat. Kat. Let's talk about Kat. So Kat is the British housewife this season. She is a mother of two girls who are very cute. She has just moved to D.C. because she has left her husband in the U.K. and fallen in love with her childhood sweetheart, Charles, who we talked about earlier, who is a famous uh, award-winning White House photographer. Her big thing is, I'm so not D.C. I'm so not a housewife. I don't care about these women. They all bore me. Everyone is fake then why are you on The Real Housewives? Why did you sign contracts? This is what bugs me when housewives pretend like they're above it. And she also acts like she's above anything where she's not the center of attention, which brings us back to the Aunt Frances event. She shows up to this event. Like Xavier said, Stacey was like, I'm going to invite you to my family's (laughs) house and see how you are, Miss I Hate Tyra Banks. Kat is immediately uncomfortable, I'm assuming because of the love that was everywhere. And the everyone was very touchy, offering her food and drinks and wine. She is offered wine. She's very like standoffish. She opens the wine and she's like, I think this wine is 100 years old. And she's making fun of the wine that Aunt Frances has given her. She won't drink it. She says something like, I wasn't going to make myself ill by being polite and I'm like I think being polite would make you ill like it's just (laughs) impossible for her to just have a gracious moment but you know on the other hand there are funny moments like where she calls out Tarek and Mikhail but yeah that's what how I felt with her it's like I obviously she started off very poorly but then there were there were moments and pockets where I was like oh like like when she dressed up as Sarah Palin to go to the um Health, Another political the, to, thing. Yeah, the Republican healthcare oh, right. event. And she, you know, she didn't say this outright, but 
I got the impression that she didn't necessarily agree with Republican political views, mm-hmm. it seemed like. So she wanted to make a joke of it and make a point by dressing up as Sarah Palin. So there'd be moments where I was like, oh, there's your humor. Like, yes. that's funny. Like, no matter where you stand, like, that's like, we can all get a giggle out of that. Yes. So then she had those little moments. And also when she, um, at a certain point in the season, she loses someone who's very close with her. Yes. And it's someone who is, you know, across the pond is not in the US and she decides not to go to the funeral because then that makes it real for her and just feeling the emotions and they're at this event and she has just lost her friend and she is pushing herself to go out you know because she knows that'll make her feel better and someone comes up to her she's never met before who reminds her of her friend and she just like she she burst into tears and it was very touching yeah so seeing little moments like that helped humanize her because she just got off on the wrong foot i completely agree i loved all of that storyline where she was vulnerable about being you know so devastated about her friend phil and like openly crying in front of her daughters and talking to her daughters about it and even kind of when she would give sass to her husband or her now ex-husband charles and she would be like and you're just standing there doing nothing are you and I was like, damn, like she, I, I I, wanted more, I guess. It was just all show and not really a lot of go with her unless she was attacking someone like Mikhail, who was just like an easy target at a certain point. And um, yeah, I mean, she would also confront people who were supposed to be good friends of hers, like Mary. When Mary was talking about her oldest daughter, Lolly, moving back home. And, you know, one of Mary's main storylines we didn't talk about because it's not a storyline is her daughter moving back in with a giant dog who sheds and poops everywhere. That poop and hair she doesn't have to clean up, by the way, because she's a housekeeper. But Justice uh, for Rosa. Justice. Oh, my God. Love Rosa. She says to her, like she makes fun of her for letting Lolly back in the house. She says to her, I'm looking forward to my daughters leaving home. And if they're going to be home at the age of 23, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> it's just, it's so rude, but it's funny but it's also you know she was like a half of a housewife to me she was very brash yes you know and yeah that was hard before a lot of people to swallow and you know another issue with her i mentioned the word microaggression earlier but stacy has a very good friend named erica that she brings onto the show who pops in and out she's okay wouldn't say she was the best friend of housewife but you know she was fine she was there for the initial tyra tirade I guess you could call it and it bugged her and nobody ever seemed to call Kat out on anything and so Erica's like I guess it's gonna be me so they're at some gathering at someone's house sitting with each other and then Erica picks a really bad moment to do this because it seems like Kat is in a bad place Um, and she confronts her about it and she's like I thought that you were rude and every time you're around people you're rude and mean and then the way that Kat mastered the art of victimization i was like this is a master class i was gonna pause it and write down the steps it was first of all let's villainize the black woman in the room let's make it seem like she's aggressive she's mean she's attacking her they love throwing aggressive around oh my god and it, she, all she was doing was doing a quarter of what cat had done to every single housewife that season cat starts crying she is like why are you attacking me It's just, she even in front of her daughters gets in front of her daughters and is like, I don't know why you're doing this to me. Please stop telling me what to do, how I feel. And Erica doesn't really have support from anybody. Linda stepping in, being like, not in front of the girls, not in front of the girls. That would be me. Um, That would be me. (laughs) And it's just frustrating too, because Kat could have handled that so differently and been valid. Like Erica taking her to task was valid. Erica leading up to this point was making a lot of like kind of snide comments, you know, just 
She wanted to say something. She wanted to, but she was holding herself back because she was like, you know, I'm going to let it go, whatever, whatever the case may be. And she she would let Kat know, though, she would call her mean and whatnot. So Kat could have been like, okay, you're saying these things. Let's just talk about what you, we really want to talk about. Yeah. And then it, we could have been off, but... Of course, that didn't happen. It's the other half of her that I think would have made her such a good housewife. If she was like, I hear you and I'm going to try to be better. You know, she imagine, though, that wouldn't be her or even I hear you and you're entitled to your opinion. But fuck you. Mm -hmm. Instead of victim, cry, run off. She did that multiple times this season. And everybody's going through a hard time, babe. I know that she just had lost her friend, but it was like you don't get to hold all the cards and always be the one going through something. And that whole scene with Erica was just frustrating because nobody also came to Erica's defense and a couple people came to Kat's defense and the big thing was she says whatever she wants. She's crazy. She says whatever's on her mind and it was just embarrassing to me, you know? Yeah, Kat was clearly like obviously the loss of her friend clearly heading toward a divorce we later find out there was a moment where she said she kind of feels like a single mother again except now she's seven thousand miles away from everyone she loves yes and that was my i was like oh things are not good things are not and she was so always talking about how happy she was to be in the u.s but the u.s sucks and she's okay that she's not back in the uk but i'm like you just want to go home and that's okay to say you know Yeah. I thought it was interesting, her and, like, Paul's little friendship. Me too. Like, whenever, like, that moment whenever he's, they're giving each other kind of a hard time, and she's talking about how she is not racist and has never been, and he's like, you know, I know that, like, blah, blah, and then he goes to kiss her. What I can't remember what he says to her, but then that's when she says her, don't kiss me, you're gay and you're colored, and I was like, cat! (laughs) And if she had just said, you're gay and you're black, like, being in on the joke with him in that moment, but her choosing the word color also just tells you like where she comes from like why was it in even, your lexicon ex- with because it tells you where yeah. she you know why it's in her lexicon yes, come on exactly no <laughs> that was what i was like you can't you it's literally just, can't defend it you know it was too much but i was interested that pa was like that they had like a little thing um goodness enough about cat enough uh, about cat <laughs> should we talk about linda let's talk about linda heather dubrow's older sister you mean <laughs> She looked like her older sister to me. Maybe her mother, but not her older sister. I'm kidding. Oh my God. Okay, Heather Stan. Um, maybe. Heather looks good. No, she does, know? but I, I, can't, I literally wasn't attacking her. I didn't say Linda looked bad. I just said she looked like she could be her older sister. We're cutting this whole section. I uh, will just say the Heather Dubrow. No, let's keep it in. Oh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Take me to dinner first. <laughs> um <laughs> So Linda, for me, didn't, honestly, was my shortest section on my notes. Didn't have a lot going on. I didn't feel like she, like, she felt like someone, I had had conflicting feelings on everyone. But I actually enjoyed her for the most part. Like, I loved seeing Abong. I thought he was so fun. I thought he was so fun. Yes. And it was interesting to see their dynamic. And she was just out of the mix for me, though. And so it's like, it was hard for me to, like... I enjoyed seeing her on screen for the most part. I mean, she certainly had her moments, but I didn't feel like she really added a ton either, you know? She gave me Dorinda energy where you're like, she seems like the coolest person. She's so great, all this. But then like, she would be bragging about like, I don't know what kind of crazy person would want to be my assistant. Her daughter-in-law was her assistant. She made her like put her shoes on for her. And she was also like, asking her about like did you get my outfit are you ready to go zipping her up and dra- it was just very like oh so you take pride in being finicky yeah she definitely feels like someone who is very strict yes. especially with work i something i noticed when she uh, because linda's a part of this modeling agency 
And she, at one point, they're seeing models walk, you know, for like a casting. And she writes, it just shows, the camera shows a shot of her paper. And what's written on it is, too much bounce, no glamour. I was like, that's a devastating, (laughs) devastating. She seems secretly mean. I would have liked to see another season of her, even though she had basically no storyline except for attacking Mikhail on her body. And that to me is, that was kind of the note we started on with her was she has, she's very clearly a woman, a mature woman who has a very beautiful, tall black man in his thirties as her boyfriend. But Allison, you are forgetting something very important. She's experienced reverse racism. (laughs) I just want to take this moment to thank you for reminding me and apologize to the Linda stands out there. I mean, Um, if you're going to do an expose, you gotta, you gotta hit it all. Oh my God. And over heart right now. It is. I forgot. <laughs> the, to have the balls, Stacey the testicles. Jason, their faces, not testicles. Linda brought this up at a dinner where all of the people at that dinner were black. And I'm going to go ahead and assume have experienced racism. Girl, yeah. And I'm she brings that. up out of nowhere experiencing reverse racism. Because she grew up in Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> And look, I'm sure she's been through things. Nobody's doubting that. Why did you bring that up in that moment? Why do you think that this is a good thing to talk about on camera? Again, I was completely out of pocket. Everyone was like, what? The editing and the camera work, fantastic. It was so good. <laughs> Yvonne was like, I got to get the hell out of here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, not to give away a future event, but I think that Paul summed it up perfectly about her. She has very, very big opinions about a lot of the women on the cast, especially Mikhail. And Paul said, I love Linda. I love her dearly. But the bottom line is my girlfriend married well. All the things that she has did not come from the artist agency. So I think it's easy for her living in her multi-million dollar house to say that Mikhail needs to just go out and get a job. Well, it's not so easy. He summed her up and gathered her very quickly in that moment. And even if you don't remember that storyline, you know, she married into money. She has an air about her. She seems like a really good mom, but there's something something in the buttermilk ain't clean. Oh, girl. You were also talking about Mikhail, her and Mikhail and the body stuff, too. Yeah, she started off the season making one of her storylines about Mikhail and her, her alleged eating disorder and saying she's so thin, she's so much thinner than when I saw her. It's one thing to make a side comment because you're concerned about someone's health. She was It was just like a full-on campaign to be like, she has an eating disorder, she's withering away, look at her, she's all bones. And it was just disgusting because I'm like, what if someone said the opposite of you? You would be really upset. Mm-hmm. And it was just very hypocritical. And also you own a modeling agency. That's kind of a bad look, I think. Don't you want to be different? And not enough people called out Linda, I think, this season. Yeah, I think you gotta you have to remind yourself too. Yes, she does own a modeling agency. This was also 2010. Yeah. And I feel like that culture for her, that was probably just another day. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Like that culture really didn't have its its come up at this point in time. You have to remember America's Next Top Model was thriving. Oh, you know I had it in my head just right now. Na, 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 na. You want to be on top? On the advice of counsel, I respectfully assert my right to remain silent and decline to answer your question. Oh, you just threw me under the bus and backed right up. Back right up I did. Should we talk about Mikhail? Absolutely. Let, let's be honest. All moments have led to this. All moments have led to the only housewife who did something this season. 
Sadly. All roads led to Mikhail. Mikhail and Tarek, really. I mean, so Mikhail, I actually don't remember what she did in her past life. She's kind of, oh, she was a makeup artist because Mary liked to across, remind us. Across from the counter at Nordstrom's or <laughs> wherever it was. At the mall or whatever. So Mikhail married well, just like Paul said about Linda. A lot of these women did. So let's not, and men, if we're talking about rich. So let's not, let's not talk about, oh, sorry, I just had to be honest. Men can and, play too, apparently. Yes, they can in D.C., But yeah, she had this past life as like this makeup artist and then she married Tarek who I don't really know also what his family does, but they come from a lot of money that's very confusing. They have this defunct winery. It's just a confusing situation all around. Everything surrounding Mikhail and Tarek is confusing because even if we say something, based of our knowledge of watching the show, we do not know if it's true or not. No, and even based (laughs) on my Googles after, I'm like, I don't really know what happened, but her husband Tarek um, was basically another housewife this season, and he was way too eager to be on camera. And from the get-go, they're acting like they're coming out of this very temporary, very unusual point in their life where they are down on finances because Tarek's mother has sued both Tarek and Mikhail um, because she wants them away from the family finances and away from the family winery. And Mikhail is just, again, being like, it's just devastated us and we're ready to be back, you know, to our old selves. They're staying at the Four Seasons. They have the right clothes. They seem to know the right people. And, you know, according to Mary, they are social climbers who use their wine to get into events. And the way that they do that is, actually, I'm going to go ahead and say genius. They donate cases of this wine from this defunct winery when it was made. Who knows? I'm like their wine. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, Kim Crawford. <laughs> and they're donating all this wine to these events so that they'll get a courtesy invite. For Brought to you by Concord Grape. By- <laughs> I love those commercials. But yeah, they managed to... You and that apple cider are another get. You can. You're not allowed anymore. I hope you enjoyed that because that's not happening in Atlanta. She's cutting me off. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's just a, an air of confusion with them because Mikhail is just this very seemingly warm bubbly, positive, loving person. She says, I love you to pretty much everyone she meets. Kisses them on the lips. She's a hugger. Yes. Oh, Oh, she embraces them. And, you know, she has like this momentary kind of friendship with Stacy and Jason. She goes with Stacy and Jason to France to see Jason's brother, who's a rapper, perform. They'll always have Paris. They'll always have Paris, I guess. I mean, even that trip was weird. You would think going to France on Housewives, that would be so cool. It was just weird all around. But anyway, she has this temporary friendship with Stacey. I think that Stacey and her would have been friends if Mikhail was honest with her and honestly threw Tarek under the bus. Because it seems like even though Mikhail was going along with Tarek, and I'm not going to act like she's, you know, a victim or whatever. She makes her own decisions. She's 44 at this point in the show. It seems like when she joined forces with Tarek, She married up into society. She just started to go along with a lot of his BS and get swept up in that world of lies and fake it till you make it and let the bills collect. Someone else will deal with it and everyone else is against us and we're just kind, loving people. That was my biggest question and I'm curious on what your housewife's theory is on this is like how in it was she? You know, like how much was him and her just going along or how much did she also? Was it two personalities meeting who both loved to kind of do this? I, I I had trouble deciding where she fell on like how in it she was. So I'm trying to stay just within the show. It's just hard because she was so, you know, 
as Kat mentioned multiple times, like plastic, fake, shiny, and wasn't genuine. I did feel like there was like a kind person somewhere in there, but also a bullshit artist meeting up with another bullshit artist create art. And those two created bullshit together. I mean, I don't think that you get that way because you marry someone and then you just go along with it. It has to be in you. And I think that she probably was very excited to jump ahead in life to go from a makeup counter, which great job, but to go from a makeup counter to staying in the Four Seasons and calling that your residence, forwarding your mail to the Washington, D.C. Four Seasons, getting invites, allegedly, or getting (laughs) into rooms where there are politicians and shaking hands with President Obama, shaking hands with a lot of people, rubbing shoulders with all the right people. I think that... DC is kind of a Mikhail and Tarek town. And a lot of these housewives were trying to act like they weren't like them at all. And I think that even though they were bullshit artists, I think that that's a lot more common in DC than the real housewives of DC let on. Mm. And I think that she is kind of a bullshit artist. Yeah. She's a 50 something year old groupie married to one of the lead singers of journey. <laughs> Somehow that also makes sense. And to me. she looks so happy. Oh, she got all her plastic surgery. She wanted <laughs> Remember, a happy ending. I know. Did she deserve it? I don't know, but everyone deserves <laughs> happiness. But, um, you know, I-, I just think that she wants to belong somewhere. I think she will morph into whatever situation she's in. In this case, it was Tarek and his bullshit and his lies. But I don't think it came yeah. out of nowhere. I think we should talk about the finale. Yes. Um, you know, keep in mind, leading up to this finale, all season, it has been a game of smoke and mirrors with Mikhail and T- Tarek. Just understanding what is true, what they do have, what they don't have. The other ladies are constantly questioning it. Earlier in the season, she hosts, Mikhail hosts a party for Paul's birthday assuming that on her end, she was like, we're going to donate some wine. This came after the fact. But assuming as you're hosting the party, you're going to contribute financially in some capacity. But before they even go to the party, apparently their lawyer called and said that they weren't going to enter the doors. They got in writing that they weren't responsible for paying for anything for the party. So all season, it's little moments like this, being able to go to Paris last minute, just like little things that had people questioning, like, what is the truth with these two? They could fake it in all the right places. And it's wild sneaking in. This is the first occurrence the Congressional Black Caucus dinner. (laughs) Like, (laughs) when I tell you this woman is Snow White and like a a blonde, just as white as white can be. And my favorite thing is Jason and Stacey's husband and his little raspy voice saying, um, You snuck into the Congressional Black Caucus dinner? Wow. And then he was like, that's like Stacy sneaking into the Daughters of the American Revolution dinner. I'm a sneaking through the kitchen. (laughs) He's not wrong. And he's so funny. He was also a great other housewife. (laughs) He's not. And she's not even a politician. So it's not like she was supposed to be there. There were nothing but questions. Nothing but questions. Comments and concerns. Yeah. So all of this is leading up to the penultimate episode and the finale, where Mikhail and Tarek, they say that they have been invited to President Obama's state dinner at the White House, which... You know, they're getting ready. Like, Mikhail is getting her hair and her makeup done. She is getting dressed. They get into the limo. She, Stacy calls her to invite her to another event. And in this moment, Mikhail tells her where they're going. And Stacy's like, What? <laughs> also, Mikhail is in 
Asari. She's yes. like fully not. You know, part of the reason they're excited to go is Tarek is looking forward to, you know, rubbing elbows with some sort of political official from India in regards to a polo relationship. All very like. So many questions. <laughs> so many questions. And so these two are going to this dinner. After they get off the phone with Stacy and I think Jason was there too, to tell them they're going to the White House, they don't even seem like they themselves are sure they're going to the White House. Also, keep in mind that to the credit of the Real Housewives producers, they were asking, do you guys have your invitation? You told us you were going to bring your invitation. And Mikhail, who has a excellent blank stare when she wants to she looks right into the camera and goes i left my invitation and my bra at home queen of changing the subject queen of changing the subject <laughs> and also she repeatedly said she didn't need a bra this season i'm pretty sure so it was just a weird thing to continue to mention i think she thought like it was a huge faux pas because what woman would leave home without her bra and it's like all you talked about was having small boobs this season <laughs> so that didn't count to me as a big chested woman and also who leaves their White House invitation at home? It made no sense. And she kept saying to Tarek, like, do we need our invitation, honey? Do we need our invitation? I forgot my other shoes that I needed too. Like they were trying to make it seem like it wasn't a big deal. They had clearly conspired without mics at a certain point. And Tarek continued to say no. Tarek was, how do I say, disassociating in the limo. <laughs> I think he was having a realization that it doesn't matter how good of a bullshit artist you are, there's going to be a Big mountain to climb when you get to the White House check-in gates. It was a big con. It was a big con. It was, insert Nicolas Cage, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> like, it was. was like, it was. So I think it, that was maybe, like, the thrill of that, sure, because clearly that's why they do that. But, like, it, it might have been hitting him a little bit, like, how are we pulling this off? He looked sick. Like, he looked like he would have thrown up in the car if he could. So they get out of the limo. The Bravo cameras are not permitted to go up to the you know, White House checking gates, you know, thank God there's uh, some kind clearly. of security. <laughs> um, they get there. The White House security officials seem like a little embarrassed that they don't know because these people have such confidence that they're supposed to be there. Again, and they, they are look the part. Up. They yes. pulled up in a limo with everyone else. They knew where to go. Mm-hmm. They were, it, everything, they knew exactly how to bullshit their way in at least the first step. Come to find out that they passed through, I think, according to them, five different steps of security clearance. So embarrassing and for this least, country. What, assuming the first one, the first or second one we, we see on camera. Yeah, it's, it's like where, a clipboard. Yeah, it's yeah. where Bravo, like the cameras have to stop. Yes. And they give their name to the person with the clipboard and their name isn't on the list. They mention a name that would have maybe gotten them into the White House dinner. Like maybe they wouldn't have been first round guests, but they were maybe guests of another guest there i'm not sure because the late the woman definitely said oh you're not on the list but let's figure this out and then she was like you can stand over there and then it went from that to like oh you can go like basically letting them into the first gate because apparently there was a line somewhere else through another checkpoint presumably what was interesting to me and the most telling thing of all was after they get through that first checkpoint it's just a small moment where the camera is on Mikhail and Tarek's backs and they give each other a kiss. And to me, it just felt like, oh, we're in. Bonnie and Clyde. 
Yes. They did it because all they knew. It, honey. Yes. The, literally, we, the hardest part is over. They got it, through the front gates. It's that relief moment. And yes. they look at each other, they give each other a kiss, and they keep walking. That's so true. I forgot about that. It's so eerie because I guess Mikhail brought in her like Nikon 2000, whatever, her little camera. And she takes pictures with all of these really important people, including now President Joe Biden. She apparently, or they apparently, shake hands with President Obama, which is insane. It's, yeah. She uploaded all these pictures to her Facebook, which just makes me laugh thinking about uploading albums, TBT. But it was just, across the board, them bragging, we told you we were going to get in, we're legit people, everything is fine. And then the press finds out. Mm-hmm, and because of her posting these pictures on Facebook... It you, was a shit show. You have to brag about your prize, honey. You do. Once you complete the con. And that's also like. Your trophy. As my friend Luke always reminds me, money talks and wealth whispers. Ooh. And I think that the fact that she had to put that all over Facebook and tell everybody and get excited just goes to show she was not in that crowd. Because yes, you can be excited about being at the state dinner, but there is a certain way that you handle that. The way you put, you don't just don't do what she did. But that was also their MO. Even with Paul's party early in the season, they allegedly wouldn't go in the door until they knew that they were scot-free in terms of paying for the party. And yet when he was circling the party, this wasn't on camera, this was told later, he was telling people... Uh, uh, you know, friends of Paul's, the party goers, that like he hopes they're enjoying the party because he paid a lot for it. Just like, it's just, yeah. It's very Tinder swindler. It's very like, I have a history of doing this. This is just another notch in my belt. It was horrifying. So after these uh, pictures are picked up by the press, immediately Bravo is skewered. The Real Housewives of DC are skewered. Uh, Tarek is skewered. Mikhail is skewered. It becomes this huge thing that completely overshadows the state dinner, completely overshadows whatever President Obama's goal was with that dinner, and really just makes everything about how incompetent our security system is. And really, it becomes a large conversation about how ridiculous it is that reality TV has sort of bled into the sacred halls of Washington, D.C. I don't agree with that part of it, but it was a media frenzy. It is wild, though, to think, though, that this Bravo Housewives show, like that Bravo captured all the moments leading up to this national security threat. Basically, like that's what it was. Essentially, like that is like Bravo, like a Bravo show. That is wild. And having it explode in that way, it is it is I, today I watched an interview. It was uh, 60 Minutes, and it was President Obama talking about the Salahis. Oh he didn't name them by name because he, he didn't know them that, of course. But just talking about the security, you know, breach. And it was just wild. And I remember when this happened, hearing about it, like, marginally. But not – I didn't know much because I didn't – I wasn't an avid Housewives watcher at this time. I think I'd seen Jersey. Um, but hearing that this thing happened and that it was like a housewife show and blah, 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 blah. So I remember even then like hearing about it, if I had been like an adult, I'm sure I would have been a little more tuned in. But to know that it made such huge news is just like looking back is wild to me. And the fact that they had to go testify before Congress on live national television and they just pled the fifth the entire time essentially, or I'm sure that's not even the right way of saying it, they... Please repeat what you said to me. <clears throat> On the advice of counsel, <laughs> I respectfully assert my right to remain silent and decline to answer your question. They Repeatedly. The <laughs> and, they, and the people there were so upset. They just wanted them to own up to one part of it. And honestly, I do think that they could have made things better if they admitted even to an ounce of guilt. But they continued to say, we did nothing wrong. I'm sure they were 
scared shitless of going to jail. I'm sure. And all of this stuff that came up about both of them, there was so much uncovered about Tarek's family. Mikhail was dragged through the mud. I mean, the really the media really just canceled them before canceling was a thing. And it was honestly hard to watch. Did they deserve it? That is the question. Uh, I mean, some of it. Yeah, I, some of it, for sure. I am in no way going to defend them, but it was hard to watch, especially when the housewives that were left over from D.C. after that basically spent the entire season just talking about how they were all pieces of shit and making fun of them and laughing when Mikhail would cry and just poking at them and poking at them. And really when they were watching those two testify before Congress, or at least flop testifying before Congress, Paul was the only one that came to Mikhail's defense. And regardless of what you feel about her, I was like, I would just hope that if I was at my lowest I would hope that I was never like Mikhail but I would hope that if I was at my lowest I would have a friend stand up for me like that you know they were reveling in it a little too much for sure I think the part that's most fair and that made the most sense to me is the frustration that came from that congress meeting in that like please tell us how this happened so that we can prevent it from happening again like that I really heard but in terms of the women like and granted I'm not in their shoes I didn't have to film with her for months leading up to this or know her before you know so I I, I'm sure there was a build-up that maybe led to their intense feelings um but I feel like the only person frankly who probably deserved to have those feelings was Mary just because she did get hit by, you know, uh, the infamous car stolen lolly question mark. Um, but did anything happen with that other than her reputation? No, I think they went to the police themselves, yes. which what that there's a privilege. I uh, literally was about, <laughs> Hello, 911. Am I guilty? That was, I literally, I was like, what in the hell? Yeah. Imagine thinking, I want to know if I'm in trouble. I think I'll call the police. And but I but I think even with that, like they they learned that it was you know blown out of proportion too by Tarek and Mikhail yeah. because they read the Facebook stuff or the post at the reunion and there wasn't any merit to like connecting Lolly just because she made this one comment that she had anything to do with anything. Yeah. Um. So all of this in this big scandalous event leads us to the last scene in the finale, which takes place at Stacy's house. Yes. And Stacy, and mind you, this is months later because they've gone through like the trial and then what, whatever. And this is months later. They're at Stacy's house and she is invited over Mikhail and Tarek. And Kat is also there. The other ladies decline to participate. And they're all, you know, seeing each other for the first time in a while. And they're they're sitting down. And in the meantime, Kat is feeling some type of way. Because already she doesn't like Mikhail. This goes back, like, throughout the entire season. Back to the winery, Oasis, when they stomped grapes. with Which were supermarket grapes. Not, not even vine grapes. So just, <sighs> that's them trying to pull the wool over the rise yet again. Um, but... Kat had really been looking forward to meeting President Obama at the holiday dinner or at the holiday party um, as Charles's plus one because she hadn't had the chance to meet him yet. She's talked about it since the beginning of the season. And because of the scandal with Mikhail and because of Kat's association with her through the housewives, she her invitation was rescinded. So Kat was coming in hot, honey. And Kat, you know, Kat will just give it to you anyways, whether you want it or not, and whether it makes sense or it doesn't. So at this sit down with all of them, Kat is just sitting there stoically. She's not talking. She's not saying anything. And then she finally gets up, leaves the room, comes back. She has her jacket on. And she's like, you know what? I'm not going to take this anymore. And basically just like drags uh, Mikhail and Tark, drags them to filth and saying that like whatever happens to them, she thinks is deserved. And that they're basically calling, basically all but saying it like you are scum between my toes like 
that energy and then she leaves even Stacy and Jason are trying to talk with Mikhail and Tarek and get something from them like you know anything like how are you feeling like any little thing and they're like you know Mikhail Mikhail really is the one who jumps up and is like we can't talk about this like we have to go and it becomes a big thing and snowballs and they end up fleeing out of the back door fleeing honey I mean also Kat decides to call them a disgrace to America, downs her wine, and then leaves, and then talks on her cell phone outside about how she called them a piece of shit, and she just couldn't take it anymore. And then during this time, you know, I will also say this wasn't a favorite moment of mine of Stacey and Jason's because I felt like they were playing the part of, like, nice people, and we're inviting them over, and we're going to show them kindness that maybe they haven't been shown in a while. Again, do they deserve it? I don't know. But... They're very nice to them and kind of fake with them. And this is kind of one of the few times where I'm like, I feel Cat's Fury. Like, oh my God. Yeah, of course. No. Can I get you wine? Oh, I love those pants. I would have lost my shit too, especially because Cat, we now know from the season finale and also in real life, she was in the midst of a divorce from her husband. She was facing this public humiliation. Her new life in America was basically ruined by these two people. It was like the final nail in the coffin. And she just couldn't take it anymore. And so she leaves, like Davier said. And then Stacy and Jason are like, let's try to get something out of them. You know, they were putting their little Barbara Walters hats on and they were like, do you regret it? Do you wish that you never went asking them questions that might not legally implicate them, but also like you shouldn't be talking about it at all. And I feel like maybe Mikhail and Tarek were lied to and that's why they came to the dinner because why else would they have left their house? This very much felt like a symptom of being on the show. Yeah. It's like we have to get this final footage. We, have to, have contract. This, we have to have this confrontation. Mm-hmm. Stacey and Jason, you need to try your best to get something out of them. Like it felt like a device. It just felt shitty because the second they left, they were like, oh, they are no friends of ours. They're so fake they're this and this they just immediately started trashing them making fun of them calling people called cat back in and i'm like oh i mean i wasn't there i don't know the vibe i just felt like they were being so fake nice to them and i wish they would have been honest and real in that moment to them i think that would have been more of a service than pretending to be like the nice people and that was a one of the few moments i was on cat's side also the grape stomping thing um Everyone just pretending, but it's fine. Let's just step on these supermarket grapes, not the winery grapes. That also just goes to show you, okay, so even someone who's dumb and isn't running a winery, you would know, I have to go get grapes where when you stomp on them, juice comes out, not sun-made grapes to snack on. It looks, that little, that goop at the end. It's in my head. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't unsee it. So (laughs) gross. And I get where Kat is coming from. Like, everyone is so fake and phony. I don't love her delivery, but that was one of those moments where I'm like, ooh, Kat in that moment was right. She had her moments. Yeah. She really did. That was one of the few. Those are the ladies. Those are the ladies. Should we talk about the reunion? Ugh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have much to say about the reunion, honestly. I mean, it'd be another thing if this came back for another season and Mm -hmm. it was setting up story. Um, One thing I thought was interesting, well, two Two things to note. One is Mikhail has come out and saying that she has actually been dealing with or been struggling with MS for Mm -hmm. like the past 17 years. And that was new information that we got at the reunion. So that that was an interesting piece of the puzzle that the other ladies were not buying. And look, I think that there you lose nothing by being kind to someone who has a health struggle like that. I don't think someone would come out and just say that they have MS. And the way that she kind of backed it up and talked about it, 
I know people with MS and I know that you wouldn't just say something like I stopped steroids and whatever if you didn't know or if you were faking it. I understand where Linda's anger was coming from where this didn't seem to come out until she was looking like a bad person on screen and her book was coming out. I get that. But it doesn't take anything away from you and calling her out than to be kind of like, I'm sorry you're going through that, but that doesn't change what you did. And I just felt like everyone was mean and making fun of her. I want to talk to your doctor. They could not stand this woman. No. It was like, it was tough to, and that, especially that whole left side, because Kat, Linda... And Mary, whose name I almost forgot, uh, <laughs> were on one couch. And there was just a lot of vitriol coming at Mikhail. And it was tough to watch. I agree with that. It was just mean. And I'm like, you can get what you want out. But I just didn't like it. It honestly reminded me of Kelly and the women just jumping on her and Andy not letting Kelly Ben Simone talk. We all know my least favorite housewife. That bugs me when that happens. And no again, no one wants to see a gang up. No, it's just annoying, and it's it doesn't make for good television. And I'm like, why am I watching this? It makes me feel bad about watching Housewives when you don't have real, genuine discussions, dissecting everything you've gone through as a group instead of let's all just attack. Mikhail had reached her limit too, though. Like she mm. threw back in a way that we hadn't really seen. <sighs> This season, like her and Kat going back and forth, and she's like, if you find love within you, your husband will come back. And then she's like, at least I married Kat. I have someone who loves me. And I was like, oh, where was this my goodness. Yes. Done. And the other thing I found most interesting from their union is this story about Tarek throwing wine in Linda's face, question mark, that he admitted to doing. I need Andy and a camera. I need Andy and a camera. What? So there's this whole school of thought that, well, not really school of thought. People say that Mikhail and Tarek are very different off camera and that Tarek is a very angry person. And there was some kind of dinner where words were exchanged and Tark was being horrible to some women. Maybe the women said something to Tark. I don't really know. Linda steps in, which we've seen on the show. She does a lot. She will stand up for people unless she's bullying Mikhail, but she will stand up for people or do the right thing. I guess she says something. Tark turns to her. Apparently is so angry. He throws a full glass of red wine in her face. And a lot of housewives were there too. It's not like it was just a uh, one done. No one saw it. It's a, he said, she said, no, it was, a public thing. Because they were promoting the show, I believe. Yes. And then there was some thought that, you know, Linda threw a glass of scotch at him and she was like, I wouldn't waste a glass of water on <laughs> scotch on him. I throw a glass of water at him. And I was like, that's hilarious. Oh, wow. But, you know, that's a side of Tarek I would have liked to see because I'm like, show your true colors. You're so fake. And yeah, the other thing about the reunion that again, another 2010 moment where I'm like, I really don't miss this. I really romanticize this time was the weird Mary integrated salon moment. It was weird. And also her just kind of putting Stacy on the spot when she was drunk in that scene earlier in the season. I feel like nobody really called her out on it. Everyone was like, oh, Mary was just drunk. She's so nice. And even Andy, when he brings it up to Mary in the reunion, like, oh, when you said that weird comment, he goes, were you a little drunky? Like that immediately says, oh, the host is on the housewife's side and Anything that Stacy says is going to be taken the wrong way. So Stacy kind of calls out, you know, Mary, well, you wasn't, wasn't even just that. It was that you were doing some weird accent and basically mimicking, like talking like a black person. And she was like, oh, you know, I am a mimic, you know, and it's just my little quirk and my personality. And I was like, okay, cool. And Andy just was basically like, well, if there's one integrated salon, then we have you to thank for it. And it was just like, ugh. it would just, you could just, it was like an unsettled situation. I'm like, there are only a couple times where I feel like having like a, 
let's say politically correct or even just a correct moment in modern day housewives is like needed or good this was a moment where i was like i i did not miss this 2010 housewives scene yeah one thing speaking of andy that i that did crack me up was when um, they were bringing Tarek out, and Linda was like, he can't come out by himself. Is he, if he's coming out, Abong's coming out too. And she was like, basically stop, like ready to stop the show. And he just, Andy just stares at her and hits his note cards. And the look he was giving her, I was like, ooh, boy. I was like, y'all about to get canceled right here in this moment yes. if you haven't already. Yes. Oh, it was intense. Intense. Okay, should we talk about the underrated moments of the last season? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, I'll start us off. Okay. There were honestly weirdly a lot to choose from because this was, again, such a weird season. One of my favorite moments comes from Miss Mary. And it's uh, one of Mary's main storylines, which was Lolly's dog. She walks in and she goes, oh, I can't take this. And there are tufts of dog hair. And by tufts, I mean a single tuft of dog hair. There were multiple, but okay. Okay. Um, doesn't like animals. In the corner of you the say that. <laughs> um, And so she walks up to her, her housekeeper, Rosa. And she goes, this drives me crazy, Rosa. And she says to the camera, like, since Rosa doesn't really speak English, I speak to her in Spanish. And she goes, mucho mes. Shampoo the rugs, if possible. Stop it. I can't. I was like, I I just want to know what happens in that brain. I mean, it was, I just loved, it was insane. She was like, I speak fluent Spanish to her. Mucho mes. Oh my goodness. Okay. So one of my favorite moments, and I would argue this might have been my favorite scene of the whole season, was a cat moment between cat and Edwina, <laughs> the way this scene kept me fed. So Edwina is, you know, someone in the social circle of Cat, or that she meets early in the season. <laughs> and she is a Republican lobbyist, I think, or yeah. something like that. Washington, D.C. And she and Cat are having a sit down. And um, Edwina is talking about her health care initiatives. And immediately Cat is like, um, interesting healthcare Republican. Like she isn't completely vibing already before Miss Edwina even gets to say what she wants to say. You know how Kat is. She just like kind of sticks it to you. And they're talking. And at one point they're talking about Sarah Palin. And this is before. This is kind of what precipitates Kat dressing up as Sarah Palin because Edwina was hosting that event. And they're talking about Sarah Palin, and Kat goes, you think she'd make a good vice president for this country, do you? And Edwina's like, yeah, I think she would have been fine. Kat takes a sip. Do you really? And Edwina's <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And Kat's like, well, there you go. And it's just these two saying nothing, but the way they are staring at each other, like Edwina's eyes laser focused on Kat. Oh Kat giving it right back. And then Edwina goes, maybe you might consider being a Republican. And Kat goes, not in a billion years. I'd have to be six feet under. Edwina goes, oh, really? Okay. And then Kat, with her chin resting on her hand on the table and a smile says, well, you guys are a dying breed. <laughs> It's just, look, one of the things about DC and why I'm concerned if it ever comes back, that will never happen again. That would be like such a moment. It was incredible. It was like, regardless of where you exactly, you land, yes. it was these two having a mother off. It, and was. it was. It was. That's so it, true. It was. And each one of them knew if I said something 
slightly off, I'm dead. I'm dead in the water. I'm going to say that. It was, you said it perfectly. And the way they were staring at each other, like staring into the other soul. Yes. It was, it was incredible television. It really was incredible television. Uh, okay, my next underrated moment um, actually comes from Miss Linda. And she is saging her new house after telling us that she grew up in a, I think she was Southern Baptist. She was religious. And then she converted to Judaism. And then she uh, was doing some type of saging ritual. And also there was something with astrology I really couldn't keep up. And she says, I do love holy water. I love everything holy. (laughs) And I was like, you're an interesting housewife. Yeah. In your own way. She was for sure. Yeah. Um, my next one is, okay, it happens at Paul's birthday party. Oh. And this is when Tarek is opening up a bottle of Chardonnay with a sword, as one does, apparently. Of course. It isn't going to be the last time we see that on one of these shows, actually. (laughs) So he opens it up and he's like, you know, like sliding it down or whatever to, he's using the sword to open up the bottle. And Rich goes in his confessional, it was like hunting with Dick Cheney. (laughs) I don't know why, but it took me out. Uh, My next one comes from Mikhail. And it was after the vineyard visit flop when everyone was like, we just stomped on snacking grapes. There is no wine. We're in a dead vineyard. Uh, We're scared. We don't know what's happening. And she said, my mom said, if they're not talking about you, then you're not out there. So it's good to be out there. And I was like, that is a universe that I will once again, much like Mary, what is that planet like? (laughs) My last underrated moment is just a little small line from Mary. And I just love, especially when we're watching a new city, how the characters on that show or the women on the show encapsulate what the city is. And I just thought this was funny and interesting. And I'm not super familiar with Washington, so I don't know if this is true, but when Mary said, people like to sometimes call Washington the Hollywood for ugly people, <laughs> I was like, devastated. Oh my goodness. So good. And then she, doesn't she say, like, we're trying to change it? And then she, it's just like her like store and a bunch of shopping bags. That was so good. I it was, it was incredible. Oh, so good. Um, okay, Allison, let's do the awards. Awards. Okay. Who was your MVP of the season? Who should have been in the center of the title card holding the uh, miniature figure of Tarek Salahi? (laughs) (laughs) Per you. You did this. My center Salahi. Um, Thank you for bringing that up again. Um, I think that it should have been Kat. Because I think that Kat, honestly, she really did drive the season. I would have said Mikhail only because she's the only one who really had a true story driving storyline but Kat feels like the only person who was putting in the hard work to get things going so I'm going to give her the center Salahi for that I think that's fair There, maybe because the title card was terrible and the way they were posed I hated it it was so, so hard. her being in the Ugh. center it just like triggers my brain now yes um so I was I thought maybe Stacy but I didn't emphatically care for anyone to yeah. be in the center if I'm being honest fair but I could see a world where it could be Stacy just because she felt like in most aspects <clears throat> like a moral center <laughs> yeah um again in most aspects and what about people's princess Ooh, my people's princess i put linda oh me okay that's what i was gonna do yeah, too she just was the least problematic probably other than mary who didn't contribute much um 
and I don't know, I just, I smiled when she was on screen a lot. I think Linda always would at least try to do the right thing. And she is, again, one of those housewives where I'm like, I would have loved to see the evolution of Linda. And we're just, we're not going to get that, which is a bummer. Because even as I say least problematic, I'm now flashing to all the problematic things she did. And I'm like, they all were just like... But everybody had a thing. Everyone had a thing. And it's also, that's the nature of DC, which I'm like, maybe we shouldn't bring it back. (laughs) What about villain? Should we say this on the count of three? What if they're different? That'll be fun. Okay. One, two, three. Mikhail. I mean, honestly, Tarek, but... And I was going to say Tarek, too. <laughs> but Tarek feels too easy. Yeah, Kat is certainly. I, I agree with Because she couldn't take too. it. Dish it and can't take it. I think mine's still Mikhail because there was something uneasy about her to me that yes. I just... That literally made me uncomfortable yes. at times. She was my personal villain, but I, I respect the Kat answer. Yeah. Okay, I think it's time to play a little game of... Hired or tired? Ooh, for the, if there had been a second season. Picture it, Allison. Mm. You're at the toy store. What toy store? You're miserable. (laughs) I was going to say toy dress, but (laughs) R.I.P. You are looking for the latest hot board game. What it is, who's to say? I've been really into Wings fan lately. Don't, don't come for me looking for... You're looking for all the expansion packs, as one does. This all sounds so And dirty. you are so pissed because you can't find the Oceanic expansion pack. You're like, where is the Oceanic expansion pack? I already have Asia. I also have the Europe expansion. Where is Oceana? My niece will throw a fit if I do not wrap this oceanic wingspan expansion pack and put it under the tree. It's not even Christmas. <laughs> uh, okay. You know what this is reminding me of? Um, a RuPaul's Drag Race moment you wouldn't know because you don't watch, unfortunately. Um, and it's in season two where they have to decorate like wigs and Jujubee presents this wig and she does her whole presentation and RuPaul goes, Jujubee, girl to girl, when did you lose control of this wig? And Jujubee's like, when I got the wig. That was me with that, with that little story there. But anywho, um, on this non-Christmas day, <laughs> you are looking for this expansion pack. I could have done birthday so easily. That's it's why so this easily. is so stupid. It's, it's so, we're nothing if not niche. <laughs> and your assistant runs into the toy store. Also pissed because why are they running into this damn toy store to give you these glossy headshots? Because they're not, they're not Matt. They went the distance. They, I hate. <laughs> <laughs> and then she walked out to aisle 12 and there was an elephant. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't record for a while. I'm so dead. Please, we have to keep this. Oh, my God. I don't even know where it's going. You okay. You know how difficult it was for me not to make sex toy jokes? Like, we read the pleasure chest or something. Listen. Um, <laughs> anywho. Okay. Your assistant runs in to the toy store. Pissed as hell because why are they running into a toy store to give you glossy headshots? And yes, they are glossy because this assistant goes the distance, bitch. Mm. And they hand you... They hand you five headshots. It's time to play hired or tired. I feel violated. Oh, I'm so ready to play. I heard that about you. Okay, Miss Expansion Pack over here, fucking toy store. Okay, Miss Sex Toys. Take a breath, Allison. 
Okay, first housewife, Mary. Tired. tired. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Linda. Hired. hired. It's it's a hard hired. decision, but hired. I yeah. think there's potential there. Agreed. She just needs to engage more. We would have had a conversation in the office. I would have liked to see more of her family too. Yeah. Like actual real footage. Stacy hired. hired. Cat. Hired. hired. Because we'll see. We'll see. Hired. She did bring stuff. Yeah. And she's going through a divorce. It would be interesting. It would be very interesting. And maybe she would find like a British enclave in DC. I would maybe. be interested in that. Uh, Mikhail. Tired. What would she have to bring to season two, Xavier? I'm thinking. Walk me through it. I'm thinking. I would have wanted. Hold to on, be I, on I can. I can think okay. without you talking. I'm just kidding. I can think without you talking. Wow! Look what DC has done to us. DC divided us as a nation, and it is now dividing this podcast. I'm gonna say hired. Okay. I think. I don't know. I'm really on the fence. I would amend I, my. If if because I did do a little research and her and Tarek divorce yes. a couple. Not too long, like a year or two. And I, if I could get, I wouldn't want another season of her blissfully married with this man. But if if I could smell the divorce on the horizon, I'd be intrigued. It's the same grace that we give to a Miss Erica Jane later in another season of another franchise. And I would give that card to her as well. And I also read online that when she was in the midst of her divorce with Tarek, she just like stopped talking to him and he filed a missing persons report. And she was like on the road with the journey front man, like wow. about to get married to him. And I'm like, what I would give for Andy and a camera. Oh, that would have been so good. But <laughs> you know, you can't always get what you want. Sometimes you shouldn't get it either. <laughs> That's a good way to end DC actually. <laughs> Okay, another season, y'all. Another season. Wow, this will be the only DC episode unless um, Peacock decides to reboot it for whatever reason in oh the future. Oh my God. If we get freaking DC before, before we get Dallas, Dallas I will riot. riot. <laughs> we ride at dawn. We ride at dawn, bitches. <laughs> And if you'd like to follow us on socials, you can follow us on Instagram at Housewives Theory or on Twitter at HW Theory. And let us know your hot takes because we would love to hear them. Next week's episode is going to be Real Housewives of Atlanta season three. And what a season it is. Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. But until then. And, and now, now we've, we've said, said it. it. And don't forget, we're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> Bye. Call declined. <laughs>